Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now, for a short time, if necessary, you suffered grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this special day, and we thank you for your plan to save us and redeem us through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. And we celebrate today his resurrection, and we pray that you would prepare our hearts to, to hear from you and to be encouraged and um, to have our hearts inspired by the truth of your resurrection. And we pray your blessing upon the rest of this service, upon the children and children's ministry, and the rest of our day celebrating your glorious risen Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Chris. So our past, present, and future are redefined through the resurrection. That was the great pivot that changed the world, right? The um, event that answered prayers of generations and cries for help that satisfies ages of longing and expectation. Uh, a new king had come into the holy city finally on a colt of a donkey. Followers had spent years in amazement at his authority with which he taught, his compassion and the preaching of the kingdom that was at hand. But for all that hope, all that proof that he was the one, this king is sentenced to death to that of a traitor and a blasphemer. And as he took his final breath, confusion spread among his followers, as you can imagine. Had all this hope really come to an end? Had they heard him wrong? Wasn't he to be the one? And the women went out on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. They came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. 
So it was just as he had promised it to be. And the kingdom truly was at hand at that moment. And as we celebrate Easter, we can take confidence in this historical account of the resurrection of Jesus. It truly happened and the world has been forever changed from that moment. But Beyond the historicity of the resurrection, what is the significance of the resurrection today? Especially for those that gather in buildings large and small or in no buildings at all to mark this miracle. What is the significance of it for us? It certainly proves what he taught. It made the kingdom real. And in our text for today, Peter, this one-time denier, gives us a picture of what the resurrection actually delivers. And it's meant to bring great joy. And so that's what we're going to run after this morning, that great joy that is expressed and given to us through the resurrection. So our past, present, and future are redefined through the resurrection of Jesus. And we start where we do is humans, that apart from the resurrection, without Christ, his incarnation, his life, death, and resurrection, our situation is one of doom. It is death, though spiritual and physical. Without it, we are desperate and embattled, and maybe ultimately assuming that relief will come in some nothingness down the road into just an end of everything. There's no joy. And maybe for those, apart from Christ, there's momentary glimpses of euphoria or bliss along the way. But when sobriety hits, the darkness lingers. But resurrection changes everything. It brings a redefinition to life, past, future, and present. So we start where the resurrection was in the past. And Peter gives this image in his epistle of new birth, building from Jesus' own teaching on the need to be born again. And we gain that new birth, Peter says, through the resurrection. So we're made new as followers of Christ through the resurrection. Things that once define us no longer do. And instead we are brought into real life because of Jesus' defeat of death. His resurrection then both confounds and confirms. For his followers in that moment, they question and they have this lingering thought that remains about what was to come next. How is things going to unfold before them and what would life look like for them from that moment onward? But then the empty tomb also confirmed for them that he was truly the Messiah. He was the one long hoped for. It was true. His resurrection sealed his atoning work on the cross and then ignited the undoing of all of the sad and darkness in the world. It's like an earthquake deep in the earth that generates these devastating tsunamis that forever change everything that they reach. And the waves of resurrection have reached up. Peter tells us that what remains in the wake of these waves of grace is new life and living hope. Because Jesus rose, we too then experience 
resurrection, one spiritual and one eventually physical to come. And at first, it's this spiritual resurrection that is so profound for us. And to gain a sense of just how deep and worthwhile this is, how significant it is, I want us to look at a promise from the prophet Ezekiel. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Scripture, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. And in the Old Testament, in the days of Israel, God spoke to his people through prophets, who Ezekiel was one. And Israel is exiled at this moment. They're not in the land that was promised for them. They've been taken out because of their disobedience. Yet God promises to bring them to life, to restore them. And this is what we hear in a great story from Ezekiel. He writes, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by his Spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. And he led me all around them, and there were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I replied, Lord God, only you know. And he said to me, Prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded while I was prophesying. There was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. And as I looked, tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it. This is what the Lord God says, breathe, come, or breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as, as he commanded me and the breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Here's. For God's people, they knew this image well because they seemed at this moment in exile beyond help, far from the life that they were meant for, far from what they clung to as a promise. They were essentially dry bones, sun-baked and brittle. But God promises to act. And in Ezekiel's Uh, prophecy, this comes right after the promise of being made clean and given new hearts, hearts of flesh. The promise that God's spirit would dwell in them. And friends, that promise is delivered through the resurrection. And this is a, a vivid description of how God works within those that he saves through the resurrection of Jesus. Don't be mistaken, Before and apart from Christ, you are that valley of dry bones, lost in sin, disregarding God and his way. And all we bring is our brittle bones. All we bring is our need, dead, dusty bones, given meat and movement, given breath, made to stand. And it's not just an awakening of a freshly dead corpse. It's a remaking. Of us. This is what faith in Christ is doing in us, reshaping, remaking, breathing life by His Spirit. 
When hope seems absent, when it doesn't make any sense, by the great mercy of God, this is where salvation is found in our King. Jonathan Dodson writes in a great book called Raise. He says, Jesus rescues us from the penalty and power of sin, and this should floor us. Such mercy shown by God at the cost of his very own son should change a man through and through. Even if the change is gradual, receiving this divine mercy for your sins is your first step into the resurrection. Forgiven of our sins is a first step in the flesh coming on these dry bones. The breath of God being breathed into us and giving us new life. Through the resurrection of Jesus, this miracle in the past is rewriting our past. We experience resurrection, new birth, living hope, a hope that is headed somewhere glorious because not only does he redefine our past by his resurrection you are no longer those dead bones you are no longer a sinner that has no hope you are made his and you're going somewhere this redefined past equates then to a redefined future for us and peter says into an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you This is the truth, that those that are in Christ, that believe in Jesus, have the utmost of security and guarantee. That through the resurrection, you are as secure before God as Jesus is. And you are headed somewhere. You are headed somewhere glorious and good to a final salvation that will be revealed in the last time, Peter said. To your own resurrection when Jesus returns. A life that builds up to praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Christ. So this is a future of great hope for us. It's the answer to the uneasy feeling that we have that things in the world just are not right as they are. That there is something better. There is something truer to come. The Apostle John gives us a vision of this, an image of this in his Revelation, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of, the heaven from, out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more, because the previous things, have passed away then the one seated on the throne said look i am making everything new he also said right because these words are faithful and true and then he said to me it is done i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end i will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of water of life no death No sin, no war, no pain. And instead, there's just refreshment and peace with our God. 
We live in the midst from the it is finished of the cross to this coming moment of the it is done of the new city. And this is where the resurrection brings us. This is where you are headed. And this, this is what it gives us a taste for. Everything new, life with him for all of eternity. Your deepest longings met through the resurrection to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and kept for you. And if you're in Christ and you believe in him, this is to be yours. This isn't set before you as, okay, now work hard to get it. But through the resurrection, because you have loved him and believed in him, this is your guarantee. The tickets are purchased. You are ready to go. And when he returns in glory, this will be your existence. So we live now anchored in the past in the truth of the resurrection, the finished work of Christ, with our eyes then eager for the future, and we experience living hope now in the present. And so through the resurrection, you are not left alone, but you are protected by the same power that raised Jesus. This is what Peter says. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. So that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are guarded by God's power through faith. Humans, we, we can do silly things because we can get funny and think that faith is meant to elevate us out of the human experience. That if you just have enough faith, you're not going to experience the troubles of normal human life. But Peter, in this moment, in this epistle, he is making clear to believers that life is a challenge and it can actually be painful. Can I get an amen? Right, that's it. We've all lived it. But it is refinement, he says, when you experience these things. Like the fire that heats impurities off of gold that strengthens the character of our faith, the resiliency of our faith. This is a stealing of God's power in us that is carrying us through. And we can rejoice in his power for us even as we suffer. Bearing our cross and following Jesus, becoming like our king, safe like him as our lives are redefined by his resurrection. And we cling to his word, this announcement of the guarding and care that gets us through. We as Christians can take heart even in the darkest struggles with sin, just as God spoke the creation into existence, just as Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb with only a word, just as Ezekiel preached to the dry bones, God's word actually gives life. The supreme word of God, the gospel message itself, tells us not that what we must do to earn life, but what God has done in Christ to give us life. This is the truth that he lived, he came, took on our humanity and lived in perfect obedience before God. And he gave that life, his flesh and blood, as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And then he defeats death in his resurrection, giving us this redefined past, present and future. 
The truth is, trials will come. And while they do, we look to the empty tomb. We look to the promised future and we keep going. We keep trusting. By faith, this is our joy. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of our soul. The one who is raised, the one we love, the one we believe in, the one we rejoice in, friends, in him. Salvation is yours. The script has changed for you just as the script changed when that stone was rolled away and Jesus was not in the tomb. Your past is handled. Your future is secure. And now you can live even through the hard things with joy in this resurrected Jesus. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the cry was, save us. Though many didn't have the eyes to see it, that is what his death did. And because he rose on the third day through the resurrection, your past, present, and future are redefined as living hope, as inexpressible and glorious joy. And what good news this is for us. What a hope to live from. What a merciful God to pray. This helps us to answer the 45th question of the Heidelberg Catechism. What does Christ's resurrection benefit us? First, by his resurrection, he has overcome death so that he might make us share in the righteousness he won for us by his death. Second, by his power, we too are already now resurrected to a new life. And third, Christ's resurrection is a guarantee of our glorious resurrection future to come. Our past, present, and future are redefined through the resurrection of Jesus. During his ministry to a fearful and weary sister, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Friends, believe in him. Own Peter's claim for yourself that he has given you a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And maybe for the first time, no day like today. What a great day to experience this newness of life, a new birth in Jesus. Call him Lord as he calls you his own. And then take joy in the resurrection Know that you are guarded by his power and you get to live in that power right now. The past, present, and future come together as the spark we need for all of life. Salvation is yours. Press on in joy. What the prophets promised was for you. This good news of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus was for you. Love him. Believe in him and rejoice. You are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Would you pray with me? Good and holy God, we thank you 
that because of your great mercy, you have given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. From that moment, our past is redefined. As we love you, believe in you, we are given your righteousness, your inheritance. Those things that used to define us no longer do, and we are your children. Lord, for some of us, that truth is one that we've held for a long time. And we just ask that by your spirit, you would um, remind us of it in the depths of our soul, that you would rekindle the fire that we had for that truth. It would continue to empower us and give us this living hope in the presence as we're guarded by your power. The Holy Spirit, perhaps some of us here have yet to truly love Jesus or to believe in him. That it's not our efforts or our ability to be good or just or right that matter, but that it is his finished work on the cross. He, the only one who could live in perfection, did. He gave of his body to be broken for us. His blood would be poured out as a covenant of grace for us. Lord, for those that have yet to believe that, we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would regenerate our hearts, that you would make us new, that you would give us the experience of this new birth in you today. That we'd be forever changed, that you would bring transformation by your power in us, that your kingdom would go forth, that we would know you truly are risen, our King. In Jesus' name. Amen.